This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Welcome to Living with Reality, a podcast featuring archive teachings and modern conversations with Dr. Robert Svoboda, brought to you by the Be Here Now Network. Living with Reality explores Ayurveda and other wisdom traditions of India, which Dr. Svoboda has been studying for nearly 50 years. For more information, please visit BeHereNowNetwork.com slash Dr. Svoboda. That's D-R-S-V-O-B-O-D-A. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Living with Reality podcast. I'm Paula Crossfield, your host and Dr. Svoboda's media manager. On this episode, Dr. Svoboda talks about one of the most popular and most quoted sections of the Bhagavad Gita, and he breaks it down and gives us some context for how to think about it in the modern world and apply process thinking versus outcome thinking to the way that we are and what we do. If you are interested in studying with Dr. Svoboda, he has a number of courses online that go into a lot of depth, and you can find out more by going to drsvoboda.teachable.com. That's D-R-S-V-O-B-O-D-A.teachable.com. And you will find a number of courses there to get you started. We hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast. Namaste. Today, I'm going to be talking about a verse from the Bhagavad Gita. And that's this is one of the one of the best known verses in the Gita. The first verse possibly is the best known, and there are a couple of others that are really well known. But this one is very very popular, and it's popular for a good reason. And it goes this way: Kadamanye vadikaraste ma paleshu kadachan. Ma karma palahe tu bhur, ma te sangos to karmani. And what this means is, and it is Krishna talking to Arjuna, what you have the right to do in life is you have a right to perform your duties, you have a right to do the things that 
are appropriate for you to do according to your karma. You have a right to do the things that are required of you, that people are are expecting you to do, that people need you to do for them, the things you were responsible for. That's what you have a right to do. What you don't have a right to do is feel entitled to the results of your action. So you have a right to act. In fact, you, in many cases, you have an obligation to act. But even though you have an obligation to act, you also have an obligation not to feel like, as a result of your action, that there should be some connection between your action and whatever the results are. And there are plenty of good reasons for this. One reason, of course, is your opinion of what the results should be may be very different from what the results actually are. And then you may be asking yourself, why is this different? And doubt may be created in your mind. Doubt about the whole process. If you were doing your job properly, whatever the result is, is the result that needed to come at that moment. You may examine the result. You may change what you do next. But the fact is, once you've decided, honestly, and genuinely and seriously, that this was the right thing to do at this moment, then all you can be concerned about with the result is to pay attention to what the result is and if you have to continue to act to change your action according to the result that you've obtained. If you obtain the result that has ended the need for you to act, then you can stop acting. If the result that you get continues to require you to act, then you are going to have to continue to act, and it is going to be desirable for you to shift your action according to whatever you believe genuinely and seriously at that moment is the right way to act in this new condition. So what you're doing is you're not projecting ahead. You're not thinking, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to do that. And then once I get this result, I'm going to do that. There's um, a, a, a in the Panchatantra, uh, which is a, 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 a group of fables uh, written in Sanskrit. There's a story about someone who is fantasizing over exactly how things are going to happen. He's, he's obtained something and he's going to, he's going to multiply that into many different, uh, versions of the same thing. Let's just say it's an egg. He's going to take that egg and, and, and it's going to turn into a chicken. And then that chicken is going to lay more eggs and they're going to turn into more chickens. And pretty soon he's going to have an absolutely forest of chickens. They're all going to be laying eggs and he's going to be selling the eggs and he's going to make so much money from selling eggs that he's going to build a big house and he's going to have lots of money. And at that moment, the egg falls down from where it was dangling in a sling and it smashes on the ground. And that's the end of his 
kalpana. That's the end of his imagination. Now, the word for a period of time in which creation occurs in Sanskrit is a kalpa. And that kalpa and kalpana are closely related because the creation as we know it is regarded as being the kalpana, the dream of the creator, of Brahma, the creator. And so Brahma is having this dream. And that's the, that's the karma that he is performing. He's having this dream. And he, even he doesn't know what the results will be. But of course, because he's the creator, he has probably some interest in the results being a certain way or not. And if he has interest in the results being a certain way, means that he is not as effective as he would be if he was taking Krishna's advice and allowing Krishna, Vishnu, to, to direct him in the way that he should be going, even as the creator himself. Because he doesn't, just like we do, he doesn't have the perspective as the creator. He doesn't have the overall perspective. All he's doing is creating. And that's what we're doing. We're creating karmas, and those karmas are creating for us the, 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 our future, and they are creating for us not only our future in this lifetime, but our future in our next incarnations. And so what Krishna is saying is, you have to perform these karmas. You have to do these duties. But what you should not get into the habit of is grabbing hold of or attempting to grab hold of or thinking you can grab hold of the results. Because when you do that, you complicate the entire process of attempting to act in such a way that you're simplifying your karmic complications. Instead of that, with your thinking, you are making those karmic complications yet more complicated. So he says, you have a right to perform your duty and you must not concern yourself with the results. Of course, one reason for this is how will you know exactly which factor is determining the results? Your efforts at the moment are only one of those factors that will influence the result. There's also your past karmas, which are going to determine whether the effort now is going to be successful or not at the moment. There are the efforts of other people, especially in this war. They're going to be making efforts. They have their own destinies. There may be some ethereal beings, gods, goddesses, etc., that are going to be manipulating things. The place itself has karmas. The situation is a situation in which the all of these karmas of all of these different things have come together. And it's very, very difficult, if not impossible, to be certain of results. You can try. And people who do Jyotish astrology, they try to figure out results. But it's not a guarantee. And even the... the Gods and goddesses really themselves do not know ultimate destiny. So therefore, Krishna says to Arjuna, forget about what you think is going to happen. 
just do a good job without being attached to the outcome. And so that's number one. Number two, another important reason not to be attached to the results of your actions is that you should not be performing action with the expectation that you were going to enjoy the results. You may be performing actions and someone else may be enjoying the results. And that may be exactly the perfect thing to have happen. Uh, there is a, a, a proverb in Hindi, the hen does the work, but the fakir enjoys the egg. So you may do the work and somebody else may enjoy the results. And that may be the perfect thing to have happen. And that may be solving a runanubandana, a bondage of karmic debt that you have with this person without you even knowing it, provided that you were not thinking, oh my God, that guy is getting the results instead of me. That is not fair. God is not fair. The world is not fair. I'm going to take it back from that guy because really it belongs to me. Stop right there. In fact, stop even before you started to think about it. You don't know who the results should go to. You don't know who should enjoy the results. Do not expect that the results should be enjoyed by you because if you do, that in itself is a karma. Number three, and for this reason, give up as far as possible the concept that you are the person performing the action. Now, of course, at the most basic level, the most superficial level, what that means is give up pride in your action. Yes, I have done this thing. Yes, what a great person I, I have achieved. La, la, la. That is bad enough, but it, 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 that is simply aggravating the main problem. And the main problem is any action that you perform, that you identify yourself as the doer of, that turns that action into a karma for you. And that means that you are simply creating a reaction that eventually is going to come to you. And you may have to be reborn, we don't know how many times, in order for that action to eventually reach you, because instant karma is not that common. Usually things have to, you have to wait in order for karmic reactions to reach to you, especially if there are, if the action that you performed is a fairly big action. So not only should you give up pride in what you're doing, and of course, you should also give up the opposite of pride. You should give up the concept that you were incompetent and you were making a hash of everything. And you should give up any of those comments. It's, it's not up to, your job should be to do the job properly. Once you've decided you needed to do it, whatever it is, even if it's sweeping the floor, you should do it properly. You should not be thinking, why am I sweeping the floor? You should not be thinking anything. It, it, the time has come to sweep the floor. The time has come for me to sweep the floor. The time has come for me to sweep this floor with this broom. I'm going to do it now. Now I have done it. That is the end. I shall now proceed to the next 
task. There is no need to think about anything else because while you're doing that, you can be repeating the name of God, which is the best thing to do in Kali Yuga because you never know when death may come for you. And it would be much better for you to have the name of God on your lips instead of for you to be commenting about how clever you are or how stupid you are or how much you want this or how much you want that or whatever else it might be. Your job should be to focus on where you want to go when you die because you could die literally at any moment. So this part of the verse in some ways is the most important part. Of course, it is very difficult to give up doership, complete doership, because of it, you, you, as long as you were in your body, your ahankara, the eye-forming uh, factor that causes us to be able to be individualized in a physical body, that eye-forming factor is always identifying itself with the body, and therefore it will tend to identify itself with what the body does. So. One way to get around this, of course, is to offer everything to God. Please remember that in the Ramayana, Rama, Sita, and Lakshman had to go to the forest because Rama's brother Bharata had a mother named Kaikeyi, and she wanted her son to be the king. So after they left, Kaikeyi was very happy. And she said, oh, Bharat, now you can be the king. And Bharat was very unhappy. And he, let his, he told his mother a thing or two. Yes, mother, I know I have to respect you. On the other hand, you, are, you have behaved as a, a completely criminal way. You've sent away Rama, my big brother, who I love more than anything in the world, just because you want me to be the king? What kind of idiocy was that? Anyway, he said, okay, it's my responsibility. And he took from Rama his sandals before Rama, before he and Rama parted for the next 14 years. He took Ram, from Rama his sandals and he put those sandals on the throne. And whenever somebody would come in and say, oh, king, you need to adjudicate this matter, Bharat would listen. And then he would turn to the sandals and he would submit his report to the sandals and he would wait until he received inspiration from the sandals. And then he would, without thinking or turning left or right, he would deliver the verdict to whoever it was who had come to him in supplication. Now, you may not be Bharata, and you may not have Rama's sandals, but you can still, whenever you were doing something, it would be great if you could do it when you're doing anything, but when you're ever, whenever you're doing something really important, that would be an excellent time to, to say, oh, please, uh, Guru, or oh, please, God, or oh, please, Supreme Reality, uh, whoever it is that you pray to, please guide me in this so that I am doing the right thing. Please act through me. I, I don't know what I should be doing. So please, please guide me so that you are acting through me and 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 so that the job can properly be done. And if you get into the habit of doing this, you will find that it will be much easier as long as you listen to that. Because God, 
very unlikely will come and start, you know, uh, delivering pronouncements to you. Most likely, as was uh, has been mentioned by many great saints, God will come in a very, with a very small voice, but it will be a very clear voice, and it will be a very penetrating and profound voice. And that's the voice that you should be listening to. And the last part of this verse is something that I think Krishna felt obligated to say because Arjuna had told him at the very beginning, I'm not going to fight. And what Krishna says is, you must also not be attached to inaction. Because, of course, once you realize that, oh my God, I can't be attached to the fruits of my actions, I can't even be attached to the idea of me being the doer of actions, I better just not act. The best thing for me to do is simply not do anything and then I will be free of karma. But, as Krishna points out, that is not going to happen because the reality is you are still very much part of the reality of being a human being in this world. And in this world, you are not going to be able to escape from acting. So what you need to do is not try to avoid acting, not Identify yourself with your actions and not attempt to connect yourself to the results of your actions. You need to act. And of course, at the very end of the Gita, Krishna says, forget everything I've just told you and, and dedicate your, all your, your thoughts, your words, and your deeds to me. And if you achieve that, then I will solve I will organize your entire life in the best possible way. But of course, that's in chapter 18, and Krishna is talking, this verse is chapter 40, is uh, verse 47 of chapter 2. So Krishna has a lot yet to say, but he has said this because he is going to come back to it, which is often the way things happen in Indian uh, parlance. He has said this, and he wants Arjuna to remember it in the context of bhakti yoga and karma yoga and raja yoga and so on, and the universal form. He wants to provide all of this to Arjuna, and then he wants to tell him, and despite everything I have already said, most important thing is take yourself out of the equation, put me in the equation, and that will be the best way to move forward. Now, it's interesting to me to note that in the modern world, this very kind of approach, no doubt without involving Lord Krishna himself in it, this very sort of approach is becoming increasingly popular. And of course, it's not just in the world of today. Today, it has been the case over quite a, an extended period of time. There was a very famous emperor of Rome named Marcus Aurelius. And Marcus Aurelius was not only 
an effective emperor. He was also a philosopher. And he wrote a book for himself based on the philosophy of Stoicism. And one of the popular quotations from that book is this. You have power over your mind, but not over outside events. Realize this and you will find strength. And that is a very it's a simplification, but it is very much a restating of this verse from the Gita. You have power over your mind. You have the ability to decide that you were going to do something and to do it. But after you have uh, after you have done what you have decided you need to do, you don't have any ultimate power or influence over what's going to be the results of that. You, When you see the results, you then have power over your own mind and you can act accordingly. But you can't, you should never feel like you can direct what's happening outside. You can feel like there can be individual moments where you can act and then when you see the result, then you can act again. In the very modern world of today, this is sometimes called the process. Sometimes it's called process thinking. And it is an approach to life. It's a philosophy. And it focuses on working diligently and being prepared and not being concerned with outcomes or results. So the opposite of process thinking is outcome thinking. And, and here's, here's an example. Outcome thinking, it suppose, and it's very, of course, of vast numbers of people around the world are obese nowadays. And many of them want to lose weight. And many of them focus on losing weight. And many of them get completely mesmerized by the scale and and they become obsessed with whether they have gained a half a pound or lost half a pound but this and this is outcome thinking the outcome is the loss of weight process thinking on the other hand would say forget about whether you weigh this much or that much and find out what it is that you're doing that has caused you to gain weight in the first place and then stop doing that and then be very consistent with a healthy lifestyle. And eventually, we can't guarantee how long it will take, but eventually what's going to happen is that you will find yourself having lost weight. So what you should, you can check your weight, you know, once a month or something, but you should not even hold on to that. What you should be concerned with is not how much you weigh, but how your body is doing physically, how it is, how well the various organ systems are harmonized, whether you were in a condition of samatha or not. Samatha means harmoniousness, homeostatic balance. That's what you want your body to be doing. 
when your body is in a situation of homeostatic balance, it will decide how much weight it needs to have. And that will be the appropriate weight for you, whether you think it's the appropriate weight or not. So this is, uh, this is one example. Another example is, has been used very successfully in professional sports. So professional sports, it, it's very easy to think about the future, what, what the implications of a particular play or a particular game might be. But those who believe in process thinking, they say, do not think about what happened in the past. Do not think about what's going to happen in the future. Think about each play. Think about each time, each time you have the ball. Think about each time you are going to act in a particular way. This process thinking has been popularized by an, a, a, an American football coach and, uh, by the name of Nick Saban. Nick Saban uh, employed this systematic approach so well that he has won multiple uh, 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 national, seven national championships. And, which is quite noteworthy. But what he has said, and he has said this many times to his, his players, is do not think about winning the championship. Do not think about it at all. Think about what you need to do if you were in a drill, in that drill, if you were playing a game on that one play in the game at the moment. What he said is, that's the process. Let's think about what we can do today, the task at hand. So there is a past, no doubt, where we can't, uh, uh, pretend there is no past, there will be a future inevitably. But remembering the past is something we cannot do accurately because every time we were, we only remember those things in the past that we paid attention to. And every time we remember it, we change those memories. And because we don't have a perfect image of the past, there is no possible way to project it into the future accurately. So, uh, Nick Saban was able to make a great success out of um, uh, of using the process. Uh, many other people use the process. And it's important to remember that everyone can employ this process. That you, you do not need to worry about outcomes if you know what it is you need to do. If you don't know what it is, then you have to think to yourself, well, this is the outcome I want. What do I need to do in order to get to it? And once you have asked yourself, once you've identified the outcome that you think you want, then you find the process that's going to get you in that direction. But then you don't just continue going only in terms of that outcome. As you move forward with the process, you get a better idea of whether that outcome you're thinking of is feasible or is the right outcome but you're not focusing on the outcome. You're focusing just on putting one foot in front of the other and actively doing what you need to do in order to keep moving forward and to keep, to create a momentum of doing everything that you do effectively and well. 
And this creates a kind of vinyasa. If you've studied yoga, you may have heard of vinyasa. Vinyasa in the context of yoga means making sure that you are performing one action after another and that each action that you perform puts you into a position energetically and physiologically so that you are ready to perform the next action. Every action should have a very clear beginning, middle, and end. And the more that you do this, the more that because of the principle of inertia, of tamas, the more there will be a tendency for you to continue doing that to make uh, actions that are clear, clearly defined, and well-executed. And that will encourage you to, to perform all of your actions in a clearly defined and well-executed form without having to worry about what the result will be. There's that excellent Native American proverb, worrying is praying for the thing that you do not want. Whatever you put your attention on, your prana will go there. If you put your attention on the problem, then you're going giving energy to the problem. If you put your attention on what might happen, you're giving energy to what might happen. Instead of that, put your attention on what you need to do now, get it done properly, And once it's done, figure out what is the next thing you need to do and do that and continue doing that and continue repeating the name of God. And at the appropriate moment, you will start automatically getting inspiration as to how to continue moving forward and how to continue moving forward in the direction that eventually is going to lead you to the goal that you really want, whether you're aware of that right at the moment or not, and that is to establish a permanent, healthy relationship with the supreme reality. So on that note, Om Namah Shivaya, Jai Shri Krishna, may Lord Rama, and may all the devatas, and may the supreme reality bless us in our every endeavor which we must perform without worrying about the results of which. Om. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. 
It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Be Here Now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Be Here Now.